Welcome to Monsters and Demons, Cold Case MHS, where real education meets real life. I'm your host, Randy Hubbard, and I'm also the instructor for the Mason High School Cold Case Program. And I'm your co-host, Kylie, and I'm a student in Cold Case MHS. And, and we, we thank, thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in to episode 4, Walk in the Dark. In the last two episodes, you listened to the great work of several of our students on the cases of Patty Ann Atkins and Angela Marie Steele. In this episode, we travel to Shelby, North Carolina to hear the story of the Degree family and Shelby's sweetheart, Asia, and her not-so-sweet, Walk in the Dark. One of many strong-winded storms raged through the night in the small town of Shelby, North Carolina on the morning of Monday, February 14th in the year 2000. It was Valentine's Day and the wedding anniversary of Harold and Aquila Degree, but neither of those reasons are why the date of February 14th, 2000 holds a permanent residence in the minds of the Degree family. You know, Kylie, as a parent, there are specific days that will always have a special place in my heart. The day my daughters were born, their first birthday, the first day of school, or even their first broken heart. Yeah, I know with graduation coming up, my parents are so excited about me graduating and getting ready for college. But on this day, life changed forever for the Degree family. Sometime between 3 and 4 a.m. in the morning of February 14th, a nine-year-old girl named Asia Jaquila Degree left her home, walked south on Highway 18 in Shelby, North Carolina, never to be seen or heard from again. Now let's give you an image of what the city of Shelby is like. The city is named after Colonel Isaac Shelby, a hero from the Revolutionary War. The city is deep in history, from its Gibson Theater, which opened in 1939, and now hosts concerts of Grammy award-winning singers, to its beautiful South Mountain State Park, with its challenging hikes and calming waterfalls. Downtown Shelby takes you back in time, with its small streets and large sidewalks lined with giant oak trees. The town is known as the City of Pleasant Living. If you look at the areas around Shelby, you'll see a spider web of small highways in the landscape marked by farms and rolling hills. These highways are used by truckers to transport goods to the large cities and small towns of Northwest North Carolina. Highway 18 is a two-lane road that runs through Shelby and other small towns on its path. So why is an eight-year-old girl walking alone along this road at 3 a.m.? I think it's important in this case to ask who is Asia? Is there some justification to make this behavior normal? She was an athletic, kind, and quiet girl. She lived on 344 Oakcrest Drive with her brother O'Brien and her two parents, Mother Aquila and Father Harold. Where you are about to listen to is Aisha's mother Aquila talking about the pain that she and her husband have gone through over the years during her interview with the news station WVTV. Some things and then you just had to we just have to we just had to grow up thick skin. The walls had to come up. Now when stuff come out, it don't even shock us. This is worse than death. Cause at least with death, you've got closure. There's that term closure. What does closure mean to you, Kylie? Honestly, I think it's settling. Settling with the idea of knowing that something has happened, good or bad. 
And I know that isn't as positive as people may have originally expected, but I think closure is more complex than that. Yeah, I agree. But is there even such a thing as closure? When you listen to people that have gone through something like this and have found some answers, many don't describe it as closure because their loved one is still not around and nothing will bring them back. But for the Degree family, Aisha has never been found, and her mom describes what that is like in this next segment. You can go to a grave site, or you can, if you got to earn at home, whatever. And, but for us, we can't mourn. You can't give up. Only thing we got is hope. So, but there's those times, like when they find other children, you be thinking, it, it goes through your mind, why not us? At the time, they lived in a small duplex, a four-room apartment. Aisha and her brother, O'Brien, shared a room, each sleeping in their own twin beds. On the night of Aisha's disappearance, O'Brien, who was only 10 years old, heard Aisha rustling that night of her disappearance, but did not think anything of it. Akila woke up in the morning of her 12th anniversary with her husband, Harold Degree, and began her routine of getting Aisha and O'Brien ready for school. Aikila walked into the room at 6 a.m. to wake them up for school. To then find out Aisha wasn't in bed, so she began looking in the other rooms in the home. When Aikila was not able to find Aisha, she woke up Harold and told him she wasn't able to find her. They then checked across the street and her grandmother's house, as sometimes Aisha would go over there. Once they realized she was not there, they checked another aunt's house, about eight houses down from Aisha. Okay, now panic begins to set in. There's nothing that creates more anxiety than not knowing where your child is. I can remember being in a department store one time with my daughter when she was about three. I was in charge of keeping track of her while my wife was looking for something in the store. For a split second, I looked away when I realized she was gone. Classic dad, being put in charge and losing his kids. We've all heard that one before. <laughs> yeah, I can laugh now, but at the time, my stomach immediately dropped. I broke out in a cold sweat, and became very frantic. Thank God she was just hiding under the clothes rack, but that feeling is indescribable. So I can only imagine what Aisha's parents were feeling at that moment. So then Harold called 911 to let the police know that Aisha was missing. When we contacted the Cleveland County Police, they were not able to provide us with a 911 call associated with the case. But from internet searches, we found one that appeared on multiple websites. A well-known podcast, Crime Junkie, also found the same transcript and reenacted it during their podcast on January 7th of 2019. We will play that for you right now, and if you want a more in-depth look into the evidence and details of Aisha's case, or a wide variety of other interesting cases, Check out the full stream of Crime Junkie podcasts on any podcast streaming service you prefer. Like Alexis stated, you will hear the reenactment of the 911 call by Aisha's father. Supposedly, the call sounded very similar to this emotionally, but something seems kind of weird to me. The father doesn't seem to show much emotion, but I'm not in his shoes. People show fear in many different ways, and we really can't judge it based on this. <laughs> 911? Yes, I'd like to report a child missing. From where? From my house. What's your address? Uh, 3404 Oak Crest Drive. Is this an apartment? Yeah. And which apartment? Uh, apartment 3406. Okay, is she missing from 3404 or 3406? 3404, I mean. There's not an apartment number? It's 34... Uh, no. 
not like an A or B. No, uh. And what's your name? Harold Degree. Your phone number, Harold? The next door neighbor said she went down the road and said that she was just a kid on the road. What's the child's name? Aisha Degree. What's her full name? Aisha Jaquilla Degree. And can you spell that for me, please? A S H A J A Q U A I J A what? J A Q U. I mean, yeah, yeah. J A Q U A I L L A. Degree. Yeah, yeah. How old is she? Uh, nine. White or black? Black. When did you last see her, Harold? Last time I went to bed, she was in bed. We got up this morning, called her to get up to school, and she wasn't there. And her book bag's missing, and her pocketbook. So you don't know if she got dressed or if she still got on her bed clothes or what? We don't know. Was the door open or anything? No. Uh, her brother sleeps in there with her, and when he, when he was in there, he didn't hear her when she got up. Okay. All right, Harold. I will get an officer to get in touch with you just as soon as possible. If you do happen to locate her, please call us back and let us know, okay? Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. So there it is. Both Harold and Aquila passed polygraphs early on and were quickly ruled out as suspect. They are loving parents and easily could have just been flustered or worried so they weren't thinking 100% clearly, and that would be an easy explanation for why they messed up the address once. They had just found out their daughter was missing and not at any of the closed possible locations she would have gone to. This was completely understandable for their mistakes. In the morning that Aisha went missing, she was seen by a witness who pulled over to check on her and find out why this nine-year-old girl was walking on a highway in the dark all alone. But when he pulled over, Aisha darted into the woods on the west side of the road, which is where Debbie Turner's upholstery is located a local upholstery shop in Shelby, North Carolina. The police initially found evidence at the shed that was a part of the upholstery, which was roughly a mile south on Highway 18 from Aisha's home. What was found in the shed was determined to be a candy wrapper, a hair bow, and some pencils. The hair bow belonged to Aisha, and the candy wrappers were believed to be those from her class the Friday before, in which every, everyone in her class received Valentine's Day candy. Then it is believed that Aisha returned to the roadside of Highway 18 and as reported by the FBI was seen getting into a dark green 1970s model Lincoln Continental Mark IV or Ford Thunderbird with rust around the wheel wells. Image of these cars were released in 2016 by the FBI. Okay, so let's talk about those car models. First, you have to understand that Ford and Lincoln are basically the same car, made by Ford Motor Company. The only difference may be a slight change in the appearance with a different emblem on the front grille. Now the thing about these cars is that many people may refer to them as driving a boat. These cars are very long and have a very large profile. The distance from passenger compartment to the front of the hood seemed to be way too long for someone to be able to see past it. The front of the car is lined with a chrome bumper from the driver's side all the way to the passenger side and the chrome grille is topped with a Ford or Lincoln symbol. Well, obviously I'm a little young to know what those cars look like, unless I look them up online. But what caught my attention is the fact a witness saw her get into the car, but even noticed that there was rust around the wheel wells? I thought it was dark and storming. I feel like that doesn't add up. How would a witness see all of this? I know, I was thinking the same thing. Who was this witness? I wonder if they were ever questioned about the night Aisha's disappearance. Seems to be an awful lot of detail for just a passerby. 
No new leads or evidence were promising until about 18 months after Asia's disappearance, until a construction worker, Terry Fleming, was digging an excess road for a new home in Burke County, which was some 30 miles north of Asia's home in Shelby, and found Asia's backpack that she left with on the night of her disappearance. In 2018, the FBI released photos of what was inside the backpack, which was a new Kids on the Block t-shirt and a children's book by Dr. Seuss, neither of which belonged to Asia, but the book did belong to her school, Falston Elementary. The book and boy band t-shirt gives you an idea of Asia's developmental stage in life. She's old enough to like boy bands, but yet still likes to read children's books written by Dr. Seuss. But one thing did stand out to me, and that was... The t-shirt not being hers? Yeah. I thought the same thing. If it's not hers, then whose is it? Did she get it from someone she knew, or does that mean there are other victims? Yeah, and other young victims. Monsters and demons in the darkness can't see them. In the light you can't see them. They don't want to be seen. Detective Tim Adams came out of retirement to help on this case, and we were able to get into contact with him. Understandably, he was not able to speak on any evidence related to the case, but he was able to tell us some of the theories on why Asia went missing. Let's play the audio now so you all can hear firsthand what Detective Adams told us. Carlos, she left home that morning on her own. That's what the evidence tends to believe. And that she left for whatever unknown reason. And that she packed a small bag and that bag was found. And 19 months after her last Last time she was late, about 20 some miles from her home. So there's a lot of unknowns with the case. Uh, there's no, no idea why she left. Either she could have been needing someone, uh, either she was running from something, or, uh, or she just woke up and decided to take a walk in the middle of the night, which is unlikely. Let's dissect that conversation with the detective for a minute. The information about what she took with her and where it was found was information that can be found on public records of Aisha's case. But did you catch something interesting in his theory? Yeah, in that section where he says that she was either meeting someone or running from something. Now who is an 8 year old going to meet at 3am? Not only that, how did they contact her to tell her to meet them? Most kids at that age in 2000 didn't own a cell phone. Also when I was 8, I wouldn't have known when it was 3 a.m., and I probably would have been scared to leave my house at that time. I know, that doesn't make any sense. And the other part that caught me was when the detective said she could have been running from something. Running from what? Was there something going on at home that we don't know about? And he pretty much said she most likely wasn't just taking a walk at night. The theories that the detective tossed out there were in line with ours, and we also had an additional one that the detective hinted on later. One of the theories we have was if it was an abduction. When we looked into other missing kids in North Carolina and the area surrounding, we saw that it kind of made a circle. This is some dating all the way back to the late 50s and all the way up to 2009. Some of them corresponded with what happened to Asia, which Detective Adams hinted at. Well, you have to look at uh, the timeline too, as far as missing girls, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Asia went missing in the year 2000, that was 21 years ago. Are you looking for the other girls that went missing more 
some just walked out, like Amy Gibson, the girl Detective Adams was talking about on the phone call, or Tristan Myers, who left his home to walk his two dogs. He was four years old. Jennifer Patterson left her house in the afternoon to walk to a friend's house in 1991 in Spring Lake, North Carolina. Kimberly Faye Thrower was waiting at a bus stop in 2004 in Laurenburg, North Carolina. There's a lot more who show some of the same similarities to Asia Degree's case. Between each of these places of just the people just listed, they make a connecting line through Highway 74. When you include other missing children around the similar ages or years, it makes this huge circle. It has a big city in it, Charlotte. It may not be in the middle, but it is close. We believe that since it's making a circle, it could be part of sex trafficking. Okay, so Alexis just talked about geographical profiling of cases with similar characteristics. Now this does not mean that these cases are actually connected. It just shows that maybe there is something there that needs to be looked at. If you go on Google Earth and start with Charlotte in the middle and measure outward in a circle, within 140 miles or about two hours of travel, you'll find several major cities like Raleigh and Greensboro in North Carolina, as well as Columbia in South Carolina. Yeah, it seems like something could be there. But again, we don't know all the details of these cases. From what we hear in the news, big cities often have ties to sex trafficking. But are these cases connected? Probably not. But they always say that all leads have to be exhausted. Now, missing children cases get noticed pretty easily because no one wants to believe someone could take or hurt a child. This case was no different. Back in the early time of this investigation into Asia's disappearance, it drew the attention of American Speed Association rookie Travis Kittleston. He started his missing child program at the BF Goodrich Tires 300 at Concord Motorsport Park, in which he displayed the picture of Asia Degree on the hood of his Bob Steele Chevrolet Monte Carlo. We talked to Travis over the phone and asked him why he chose to put missing children's pictures on the hood of his car and what it meant to him. Me and my family, we were watching something, um, and I think it was like a, you know, not unsolved mysteries, but something like that. And uh, I remember saying, like, God, you know, like, I remember, like, I didn't have kids or anything at the time. I was only, like I said, 21 years old, it was about 20 years ago. And I remember thinking to myself, like, I freak out when I lose my wallet and my personal belongings like that. Like, I can only imagine what it's like to lose a loved one. You know what I mean? And you have that, and, you know, nobody else knows where they're at. They don't know where you left it last. And um, and then me and my dad, my stepmom, or my bonus mom, we call her, um, we um, came up with the idea of, you know, well, what if we went track to track when we were racing and just, um, you know, randomly pick a, a missing person and uh, try to get as much exposure. I think we did like, I want to say we did like 200 or 500 shirts at each track we would go to and hand them out so they would have a picture and then I had the number 1-800 lost on the back. Um, we do like a little autograph sessions and hand out the, the shirts to try to help out. We had, um, you know, some new centers that would cover it a little bit. Yeah, it was pretty neat, man. They get to see these families, and, uh, um, you know, you don't really understand the true um, struggles that they go through to try to get um, the media help that they need. And 
a lot of them tell you because there's I mean there's too many missing people out there yeah wow um, and uh, it's usually you get one spot on radio and, and you know your local media and then that's it's done they're on to the next one so it's very that's very frustrating for the parents um, and they were just so uh, I've been so grateful to get you know that little bit of exposure and, and to know that somebody cares that was pretty cool Exposure is infinitely important for unsolved cases, and that is honestly what we're trying to do here. Just like Travis, we want to bring attention to cases who seem to be forgotten. Maybe we can strike a memory, or reach someone who knows something, or even just make the name Asia Degree known to just a few more people. Talking to Travis, and even listening there to what he said, you can feel the connection he has to this cause, and the passion that led him and his family to start spreading awareness by using his social platform that he had at the time to help these mourning families. Travis's story was partially what encouraged us to do what we are and look into Aisha's case. We want to spread the word and get information out there to different people, hoping someone will step up if they know something. Between the FBI and the Cleveland County Sheriff's Office, there is now a total reward of $45,000 for anyone who is able to lead them to Aisha's current whereabouts. If you are interested in Aisha's case or have any questions, you are welcome to reach out to us through our website, coldcase2.wixcite.com slash mhscoldcase. Or you can email us at coldcase at masonohioschools.com. You can always call Cleveland County Sheriff's Office at 704-484-4822 if you have any information relating to anything that might be able to help bring closure to a suffering family and return Asia home. Next time, we'll be hearing the story of Beverly Ann Jaraz, a teenage girl with not only a stalker, but some unusual neighbors as well. In episode five, a knock on the door. I would like to thank Alexis and Nick for all their hard work in researching Aisha's case. We would also like to thank Detective Tim Adams for speaking with us and sharing his insight as well as Travis Kittleston for not only speaking to us, but for helping to bring awareness to missing persons cases. I would also like to thank my co-host Kylie for joining me today and for all of her help with these podcasts. The theme song, Monsters and Demons, was written and performed by former MHS student, Miss Jenna Brandt. This song and all her music can be found on all music streaming media, as well as on Facebook and YouTube. The artwork for this podcast was also created by a former MHS student, Miss Emma Holbert. Editing was done by Kylie and myself. And make sure to tune in next time to Monsters and Demons, Episode 5, The Knock on the Door. Monsters and demons in the darkness can't see the you can't see.
and sharp cuts and I'ma let my walls down now, now No boogeyman, slender man could ever break me I've been shook so many times so nothing's gonna shake me Can't say I'm not afraid, the terror is consuming Yeah, you did me wrong, all you ever did was use me Even if I hide away, the monsters find me anyway If I choose to sin today, I'll let the evil get to me I could spend my time blaming you for what I do or I could empathize I know you have your monsters too Monsters and demons In the darkness can't see them In the light you can't see them They don't wanna be seen Hidden in pictures In words left unspoken Too much about me, yeah, yeah My selfishness keeps me silent, yeah, yeah My demons are all around me, yeah, yeah Don't want me to make a sound, oh no, no, no Boogeyman, Slenderman could ever break me I've been shook so many times, so nothing's gonna shake me Can't say I'm not afraid, the terror is consuming Yeah, you did me wrong, all you ever did was use me Even if I hide away, the monsters find me anyway I choose to sin today, I let the evil get